0: Good morning, everyone. <coughs> welcome. It's so good to see everybody here today. It's good to, uh, to be with you. It's a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful weekend, and uh, we have been very blessed with this, and we're glad that you're here today with us to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with us this morning. We welcome our guests, especially today. We're very happy that you're with us and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. We have a, a pad on the end of each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to, to take that out and fill it out. Uh, give us a, a record of your attendance, if you would do that. We'd appreciate it. Put your name, address, and especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, please put your email address in there, and, we'll, and it's a good way to keep up with uh, the things that we have going on here at Community Baptist Church, and uh, we, we hope that you'll do that and check the appropriate box. I have uh, several announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, I want to, uh, to welcome someone, uh, and that is welcome someone to our world, uh, Oliver Dean Bennett. Uh, there, there he is right there. Uh, Summer has had her baby, and so we celebrate that with her. Isn't he a doll? Man, i tell you what, he's just as cute as a button. Uh, so we celebrate the birth of Oliver Dean Bennett and, uh, and wish them the very best. We also uh, had a wonderful meeting at uh, KBF at the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship this past weekend in Louisville. Uh, Susie Painter was there, and I think we got a picture of her, Susie Painter. That's uh, Susie uh, leading a meeting greet with, uh, with some of the pastors that, that were there. And i tell you what, Susie just continues to impress me beyond words. Uh, she is a breath of fresh air. And I, I told her Friday night, she preached on Friday night, and I told her after she preached, I said, I am just so happy that you are where you are and that you are our leader. Uh, so she is, she is just top notch. We were well represented there. We had some, uh, some folks from our church and uh, some people that were participating in the, in, in the uh, procedures there. Uh, Kelsey Dunham would make you proud, I'll tell you what. Uh, we have, where, where's our pictures of Kelsey? There is Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kelsey preaching. She uh, preached a fine sermon about the four chairs that you can sit in, the four chairs of spirituality. She preached a great sermon at the uh, Academy of Preachers, which was one of the breakout sessions, and there's another picture. There she is. She's reading scripture for our worship service on Friday night, so thanks, Kelsey. We are proud of you. All right, so that's the things we've been doing. Let me tell you about what we're about to do. You may see the the tables that are set up around you, and they are set up because you are invited to stay here after church and eat lunch with us. This is a fundraising lunch for our... um, our youth, and uh, there's no charge for it. There's, we'll take donations. I see that there's a box back there. You can put some donations in for lunch. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, folks, it's going to be a good lunch. But before the lunch, we're going to have a pie auction. You see that we got some pies and other desserts over here. So hang around, and we'll have a pie auction, and then we'll have our, our meal. And uh, that's always a lot of fun. And this is a fundraiser for our youth um, ministries And they have a lot of neat things that are coming up. So please uh, help support us with that. Also, in a couple of weeks, we will be uh, engaging in a Dawnings retreat. Uh, That's May the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Harry Rowland will be here and, and lead us through that. Uh, we'll be begin on Friday evening and uh, during the day on Saturday, and he'll finish up by preaching here on Sunday morning. And the week after that, we will have Glenn, Dr. Glenn Henson will be here to lead us in a, a spiritual retreat as well. And I know you're thinking, man, I'm just tired thinking about it. You know what? I am too. Uh, it, it's, it's a busy time, and that's what happens in church work sometimes. Things pile up, and then you'll have a little respite from things. It's going to be a busy May. But let me tell you something, folks. It's going to be a blessing. We are going to have so many great things happening. So let me encourage you to uh, be a part of as many of these things as as you possibly can. And one more thing I want, or actually two more things. On May the 11th, We'll be honoring our mothers, that's Mother's Day, and we'll be feeding breakfast to our mothers, uh, provided by the men of the church, and uh, uh, so I hope you'll be here for that. And also, Extreme Build this year is June the 8th through the 14th, and there's a sign-up sheet on the table as you leave here, and we'd like to encourage you to come and and sign up for that. I know that a lot of our regulars are not going to be able to be there uh, this year. Uh, the people that have been there before. But we could use some fresh blood. So, uh, And um, I hope that you can be there and uh, sign up for that. That's a great, a great ministry of our church. We'll be building a house in one week in McCreary County, Kentucky. And it is amazing. Usually when we get there, we get there on Sunday afternoon. And they may just have the, the, the foundations poured if we're lucky, they may have the, uh, the the studs up for the walls, but that's about it. And then we go to work, and it's like a beehive, folks. You know, you a 100 volunteers, and, and they're just all doing a little bit. And everybody's little bit adds up to a lot. And in one week's time, we're handing the keys to the new owners of that house. It is really amazing to watch it. So if you can be a part of that, please sign up. All right. Let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Let's share the love of Christ with one another today.
1: join me in a responsive reading. We celebrate good news.
2: Jesus Christ, Christ is risen.
1: God is our strength and our song. God,
2: God, God is our salvation. salvation.
1: When we lock ourselves away in the upper rooms of our lives, Christ's presence comes to us with words of peace.
2: Words, words that, send, that us send us out, and out of our, our hiding places, places with, strength with strength and power.
1: When believing does not come easily, and we are more skeptical than faithful, Christ's presence comes to us with words of assurance. Words
2: that transform our anxiety to
1: comfort, and to turn our mourning into joyful dance. When tears cloud our eyes so we cannot see signs of resurrection, Christ's presence comes to us with words of hope. Words that remind us of the new life all
2: around us, even within us.
1: Our assurance is in Christ Jesus. Our risen Lord, Christ is risen.
2: Christ is risen.
3: Our scripture today is from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord.
4: up and over. <laughs> Good morning. Okay. Well, I need for, I need, can you come up here for me? Okay. Well, I've got a little girl right here and the the black kind of extends your finger so you can hold it like this you Can hold that for me. Can you tell everybody your name? Sarah. Sarah. Okay, so we're pretending like this is Sarah right here, okay? Now, real quickly, I want you guys to um, tell me something you guys are either afraid of or that you fear. Fear, yeah? What, what do you fear or what are you afraid of? Any guys, are any of you guys afraid of storms? Monsters. Monsters. Okay, so I'm going to write monsters on this. Okay, Miss Gracie, what are you afraid of, scared of, fear? I'm scared of um, spiders, so I'm going to write spiders down. Is <laughs> that what you're talking about, Gracie, spiders? Anybody else? What are you guys afraid of?
2: Ghosts?
4: Of storms? Okay, so we got storms, ghosts. Okay, I've got storms. I'll put a big, I'll, like, underline storms because, like, big time. Anything else anybody scared of, afraid of, you fear? Shots, yeah. I'm afraid of shots. I'm afraid of heights. Now, um, like, whenever I go, like, to Holiday World, I have to be the one that's, like, walking up the middle of the steps. I can't be on the edges when I'm going, like, down a slide or anything like that. I have to be right in the middle, and I cannot look down, and I almost, like, crawl up the steps. I'm so scared of heights, but I love to, like, go down slides. I just don't like to go up. Up the stairs, so I'm like in the middle, crawling up the stairs. So I'll put height. All right, we need. I just need like two more. What do you say? You don't like sneezing? You fear sneezing? Okay, we'll put sneezes. (laughs) Any (laughs) more? Am I scared of dogs or? You like dogs? You're scared of dogs? Okay, we'll put dogs for some for a few. Okay. Alright, so we've got monsters, spiders, storms, ghosts, sneezes, shots, heights, and dogs. Okay, that's just a few. So, um, well, we're gonna pretend we're gonna make this into a fan. And we're gonna say that this is all the things we're afraid of, okay? So or that we fear. Okay. Now person, we're going to light her head. Well, she's just going to be like...
2: It's a a candle, yeah.
4: Okay.
0: Fire, yeah.
4: Okay. Now, if you see, okay, whenever you're just normal and you're staying in here and you've got your average day, oh, my
2: candle's going down.
4: Okay, hold on. Okay. Well, if you can see... Oh no. Okay, it's lit. You see it? Okay, now if you see the fan, okay, it's safe. Oh, wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, snickerdoodle. Okay, well. Yeah.
2: If Fears, her our hair's gonna blow up. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put
4: that. All right. So yeah, I made sure my hair was back. I didn't check to see if Sarah's was back. Sorry, Sarah. Okay. Well, if you take this and you see that it's it's pretty stable, but if you take the fan and you blow a little bit of it, it moves back and forth. You're unstable with fear. When you're all when you're by yourself and you don't have any fear around you, you're 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 still. But whenever fear comes in, it you kind of move back and forth. You're kind of unstable. You're kind of scared. You know, like when you're scared, you like shiver and you move back and forth. Well, guess what? We're going to pretend like this is, this is. you kind of can see through this a little bit. Can you see my face? Okay. Well, God is just the same way. You know he's there, but you can't really see. So we're going to pretend like God is between you and this is you and this is fear. God is between you and fear. And see, when I wave it? It's still, right? It's not, you're not moving, you're not shivering, you're not scared. So God will protect you from fear. And I've got a neat little saying that Dr. Hobbs kind of mentioned um, Wednesday, and he said that um, because then faith comes into play. And my phone's nice. Okay. Faith gives you inner peace during the storm or bad things or things that you fear. It doesn't keep bad things from happening. It is well within my soul. It was, this, this saying was written during a time of despair. All the disciples died a tragic death, but they had faith to have peace. When storms of life seem like it takes us down, picture Jesus reaching out to his disciples when they were down, and, and it gives us strength. So if you can imagine, if you're tra- having a time of, of uh, you're scared or you're, um, or you're, uh, you have fear of something. Um, oh gosh, the shirt was catching on fire.
2: Sarah, why didn't you warn me? <laughs> She's just watching it. She's just,
4: oh, fire. <laughs> You're a good trooper. No, no. I need you during a fire, okay? Because you'll protect, you'll, you'll just be like, oh, fire, no big deal. I'm like, fire. I'm like, I'm the one that has the big stick on a, a campfire. I'm like this far from a fire. I have the big stick. But anyway, so pretend like this is lit again. And don't forget that God, you might not be able to see him, but that he is always going to be there. And that's what this bag, you can see through it. You might not see him, but you know that his presence is there and that your fear will be blocked from it. And if you have faith, then you will have no fear. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't promise that you will never have fear or you will never be afraid, but if you believe in him and have faith, he will protect you from those fears. Kind of like this bag protected the, blo- the fired girl. From fear. Alright. And I actually have another Bible verse to read you guys, It's really, really quick. And it no don't touch, it's it might be hot. Technology. What will we do without technology? For nothing will be impossible with God. You wanna say that together? For for nothing will be impossible
2: Impossible. with God.
4: I mean, impossible. I said possible, didn't I I say impossible? I said impossible. Well, okay. All things are possible with God. Perfect. All right. Thank you guys for being big trooper. And thank you, Sarah, for being an awesome flame holder. It's like the, um, uh, the, uh, yeah, catching fire where she's like the flame. She's holding the flame. Good job, Sarah. Thank you.
5: Me, our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a wonderful day, Lord. We thank you for everything, everything we have, you've given us all the good, all the bad. You've given us. We make the best of what we've got, (coughs) we try to go on, Lord. We thank you for your Son. You gave Him, He came, He lived, He ministered, He died but most importantly he rose again. He is the reason we are we are who we are. We do what we do. We believe in all he says. We believe in all he does. We ask your blessing on these offerings. Make them other people find a way to him. He is there. They just have to ask. That's all it is. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.
0: heard about a man, um, he was talking about a visit that he made to a college campus on which uh, there were security boxes every hundred feet or so for students' protection. Uh, If you've been on a college campus, you may have seen some of these uh, around from place to place. Um, and, And the idea is that if you're wandering around campus, especially at night, and you feel uneasy for any reason, maybe somebody's behind you and following you or something like that, All you have to do is hit the button on the call box and a security officer would respond right away. But on one of these boxes, one of the phones there, it had a sign on it that said, out of order. And so underneath it, someone had scrawled the words, keep running. (laughs) You know, to me, that is a metaphor of how many people live their lives today. They, they can't seem to find any sense of security in their lives or any sense of real peace in their life. And so they just keep running. Running away from whatever it is that, that, that is causing them to be so afraid. In our text for today, it was the evening of the first Easter Sunday. Earlier that morning, Peter and John had been to the tomb and discovered that it was empty. They saw the, the strips of linen as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And it was puzzling to them. They, they knew that something had happened, but they just weren't sure what it was. Mary had somewhat of a, a mystical experience that morning. She was at the tomb, and as she was weeping, she bent over to, to look into the tomb, and we're told that she saw what appeared to be two angels sitting, sitting there, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and, and one at the foot. And then immediately after that, she had an, an encounter with a stranger who she thought was the gardener, but when he called her by name, she realized that it was actually Jesus. Risen from the grave. So she immediately ran back to the house where the disciples were staying and told them about what she had experienced. Well, that evening, the disciples were still processing all of this. And it was a lot to take in, wasn't it? It was really a lot to take in. And honestly, none of them were really sure about what to think in this situation. And so John tells us that they were all together together. With the doors locked because of their fear. But you know something, if you think about it, it's really interesting that that we make such a big deal about Easter Sunday morning. When we think of Easter, normally we think about Easter morning. Uh, We think about Mary at the tomb before dawn. And some of us even get up super early on Easter morning to go and commemorate the resurrection during a, a, a sunrise service. But look at this. This is Easter Sunday evening. And what are the disciples doing? They are still cowering in fear. Obviously, some of the questions that they had had since the death of Jesus, obviously some of these questions were, were still with them. They still remained with them. And some of the questions, either even new questions that have arisen just this day from the stories they've heard from Mary and from the, the, the disciples on the way to Emmaus who come, came back and told the disciples about what they experienced. Questions like, so the tomb was empty. What does that prove? Maybe somebody stole his body. And Mary had her, quote, mystical experience in the garden. But after all, she's just a historic, hysterical woman. You know how they can be. <laughs> you really can't put much stock in what she had to say. Those were the kinds of things that were going through these disciples' minds all day long as, the, as they began to hear these things. <clears throat> and so here they were. These followers of Jesus behind locked doors, speaking in whispers, confused, frightened, like sheep without a shepherd. And then all of a sudden, our lesson tells us that Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. And John tells us that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. Then He showed them His his hands and His side. And finally, there was no more doubt in their minds. This really was their master, risen from the grave. All doubt was removed from them. And they were overjoyed. You know, I kind of think that when Jesus presented himself to those frightened, confused disciples that night, everything changed for them. They had secured themselves as as much as they could. They were in an undisclosed location. The doors were bolted because of their fears and their doubts and their misgivings. And suddenly the risen Christ is standing in their midst. And all of those fears and doubts and misgivings that they have been experiencing for three days now. They are replaced by joy. And isn't that the way it is with us? It is joy that quiets our doubts. It is joy that quiets our fears. It is joy that quiets those misgivings that we have. There was no question for these disciples anymore. He really was alive. There he is. I see. And they were finally filled with joy. So let's deal with this beautiful story this morning and see how it might apply to our lives today. Let's begin with those locked doors. Why do you think they were locked? Yeah, they were scared. They were afraid. It's because of their fear. Jesus. uh, What were they afraid of? Jesus had already been put to death by his enemies just a few days before. And so now they were afraid that their enemies would turn their hatred toward the followers. That's a pretty reasonable fear, isn't it? It's reasonable. And sometimes our fears are reasonable, and sometimes they're not. I, I read a funny story uh, not long ago about a couple who was uh, vacationing in Yosemite Park, beautiful park. If you ever get to go there, please go. It's beautiful. But the husband was there, and he wanted to pitch a tent and camp in the park, but the wife was a little concerned about the bears. She said that she'd really feel more comfortable in a motel room. But the husband said that he'd really like to camp, and, and to calm her concerns, he suggested that they talk to a park ranger about the, the likelihood of a uh, of a bear encounter, would, of what it would be. And so the ranger told them, well, We haven't seen any grizzlies in the area so far this year, and no black bears for that matter. And when he said that, the wife shrieked and said, there are two kinds of bears. How can you tell the difference and which one's more dangerous? And so the ranger said, well, that's pretty easy, actually. You see, if the bear chases you up a tree and it comes after you, that's a black bear. But if it chases you up the tree and stands at the bottom and shakes the tree until you fall out of it, that's a grizzly. <laughs> the wife decided that the motel room would do nicely. I suspect that many of you would think that her reaction was pretty reasonable. Even though bear attacks don't really happen that often, just, just the thought of it is pretty scary. It's like going to the beach after you've watched Jaws. She might miss some of the thrill of being close to nature, but you can understand her reaction. She was afraid. But here's the thing. Fear can be debilitating. Fear can keep us from living our lives openly and, and with joy. Fear keeps us running and running and running when what we really need to do is just to sit down and Relax. And rest in the Lord. W. Edwards Deming used to be the leadership guru of the total quality movement in in business. And Deming said that one of his 14 keys to building a high performance organization was to drive out fear. He said that in the absence of fear, people perform and produce at a higher level. And isn't that interesting? Interesting. In the absence of fear, people perform and produce better. I kind of think God agrees with that. I mean, think about how many times we've seen in the Bible some character approached by Jesus or some other spokesman of God and and told, Don't be afraid, fear not. In Luke's version of the story, the disciples were terrified. They were terrified when Jesus suddenly appears in their midst. They think he's a ghost. And that just kind of adds to their fear that they've, they've had all day. And, and honestly, I can't really blame them. So it's really no wonder that he has to say to them, peace be with you. You see, that's what peace is, isn't it? It's the absence of fear. Or, or at least, maybe not the absence of fear, at least the ability to control our fear. But, folks, let me tell you something. As long as we are in this world, there will be things for us to be afraid of. But Christ helps us to keep those fears under control. It's like what, what uh, Rachel was doing over here the fears are there, but with God's help, we can help, we can, we can control those fears. And Christ helps us to delineate the reasonable fears from the unreasonable fears. You see, fears cause us to resent other people. And it it causes us to lash out in anger and envy. And so if we could just keep our fears under control, we could live such a more Christ-like, productive life. These disciples were locked behind the doors... Because they were afraid. And then Jesus appears in their midst and says, Peace be with you. Peace. That was a common greeting in those days. And probably one that Jesus had, had spoken to them many, many times before. Shalom. Peace. But in this situation, I have a feeling that it was more than just a greeting. It was a message that they needed to hear because, folks, Jesus wants his followers to have peace. Jesus wants us to have peace. Now, that doesn't mean everything will be wonderful in your life and there will never be anything to fear. As Adam Hamilton has said, the resurrected Jesus didn't promise us wealth or health or prosperity or power. What he promised to us was peace. I'm told that during World War II, in the cinemas in England, a notice would sometimes appear on the screen, inter- interrupting the movie that the audience was watching. And the notice would read An air raid has sounded. Be British. Don't panic. I like that. Be British. Don't panic. And and I think a similar admonition ought to characterize the followers of Jesus. Be Christian. Don't panic. So how do we find this peace of mind? Some of you may be familiar with a study that Duke University did on this subject. It's been quite a while ago. But it listed eight keys to emotional and mental stability. The first key is get rid of suspicion and resentment. Nursing a grudge is a major factor in unhappiness. The second key is don't live in the past. A preoccupation with old mistakes and failures that just it just leads to depression. The third key is don't waste your time and energy fighting conditions that you can't change. Cooperate with life instead of trying to run away from it or bang your head against it. The fourth is, force yourself to stay involved with the living world. You know, when life gets tough, many people are tempted to withdraw and to become reclusive. And that's the worst thing in the world you can do. It just increases the downward spiral of unhappiness. The fifth is refuse to indulge in self-pity when life hands you a raw deal. Just accept the fact that nobody gets through life without some misfortune. It's a part of living. The sixth is cultivate the old-fashioned virtues of love, humor, compassion, and loyalty. Number seven is don't expect too much from yourself. Set high goals, but don't expect too much from yourself because when the gap is too wide between what you expect and what you can do, you begin to feel inadequate. And finally, number eight is this, and I love this one. Find something bigger than yourself to believe in. Self-centered, egotistical people always score the lowest in a test measuring happiness. You see, inner peace would would seem to be a no-brainer for people who follow Jesus. Find something bigger than yourself to believe in. That's the ultimate key to peace of mind. Back on December the 26th, 1944, in the midst of the World War II in the Philippines, Japanese intelligence officer Hiro Hiro Onada, He arrived in Lubang Island in the Philippines, and his orders were very simple. He and the few men attached to him were to stop the enemy from securing the island. But before they could destroy the airfield and before they could blow up the the pier, the American forces had already captured the island. And so Onoda and three other of his soldiers fled to the hills and went into hiding. They were still hiding there a year later. When Anota discovered a leaflet that said the war ended on August the 15th. Come down from the mountains. But he refused. His orders were very clear. Under no circumstances were they to surrender. Well, he was unable to reach his superiors. And so Anota and his men burrowed deeper into the hills. And five years later, in 1949, one of the men surrendered to Filipino officers. A few, few years after that, an airplane flew over and dropped letters and pictures from Onoto's family, urging him to come down, but still he refused. And then in 1954, members of a search party accidentally killed one of Onoto's men. And then 20 years after that, a police officer mistakenly shot the last of his comrades. And so now only Onoda remained alone and forgotten Fighting a war that he had already lost. Until March the 9th, 1974. Thirty years after he first went into hiding, Onodo finally emerged from the jungle. He surrendered his uniform, his sword, his rifle, his hand grenades, and 500 rounds of ammunition. And he had already surrendered 30 years of his life to isolation and to fear. And I'm thinking, what a waste. But folks, that is the way it is with anyone who lives his or her life as a slave to fear. Jesus wants us to have peace. Indeed, our greatest need in life is peace. Years ago, a major magazine published the results of a fascinating survey. The editors of the magazine had asked 16 prominent Americans what they did in order to find peace of mind in the midst of our stressful world. And the responses were revealing. Author James Mishner reported that he found peace of mind by walking his dogs along deserted country roads or, or through old streams, along old streams or through uh, fields that hadn't been plowed in half a century. Barry Goldwater, a former senator from Arizona and a former Republican candidate for president, said that he found peace of mind in his hobbies, boating and photography and flying. And he especially found peace by taking reflective walks in the Grand Canyon. Walter Cronkite, the former CBS anchorman, said he preferred solitude, but usually by going to sea in a small boat. And the late Sammy Davis Jr. said looking for the best in others was a way of finding peace for him. Toward the end of World War II, then President Harry Truman was asked how he was able to keep cool under the pressures of his office. And he said that he had a, a foxhole in his mind and that just as a soldier could scramble into a foxhole when he was under attack, He relied on his mental foxhole in times of stress. The philosopher Marcus Aurelius shared that conviction. He believed devoutly that a human being needed the capacity to retreat within himself or herself to acquire peace of mind and inner renewal. And so here's the question for you this morning. How do you find peace of mind? Well, if you're smart, you will find your peace in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's really the only place where true peace is available. Barry Culp tells about a trip that he and his wife and small son uh, Matthew took to an amusement park. Um, apparently after riding several kiddie rides there with Matthew, Matthew wanted to try the the rocket ride, which was really scary. And so sitting in his seat, Barry tucked him in and and, and, uh, made sure he was secure, and off they went. And as the rocket ride twirled through the sky. Matthew was a little frightened and he whimpered a little bit and he said, hold on to me, dad. And so dad reached around and put his arms around his shoulders and pulled him close. And once he leaned against his father's shoulder. He relaxed. He even wanted to ride it again. And Barry says that after that experience, whenever he was facing something new and frightening in his life, he found himself whispering to his heavenly father. Hold me. Hold me. Just as his son had asked him to hold him. And Barry says that as soon as he becomes aware of God's presence in his life, He could relax and even begin to enjoy himself. My friends, that is the true secret of inner peace. So. Isn't it time to stop running? Isn't it time to stop running? Isn't it time you nestled yourself in the arms of your heavenly father? Jesus stands in the midst of his disciples, in the midst of all of us here this morning and says to us. Peace be with you. You see, Jesus wants his followers to have peace, but true peace only comes when we lean on the arms of our heavenly father. May the peace of Christ be with each of you today. And I want you to do me a favor before we sing. We're going to sing a closing hymn in just a moment. But before we do that, and as you're standing preparing for this, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell that person, look into your eyes. May the peace of Christ be with you today. Let's stand and share the peace of Christ with one another. Let us sing together how sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Thank you for your presence with us this morning. Uh, Don't forget, don't go anywhere. Uh, We got a pie auction. We'll just take just a few minutes to transition between our worship service and our pie auction. And then we'll be having lunch immediately after that. So hang around for the fun and hope you brought your checkbooks along with your pies. Uh, Let us bow for our benediction. As God sent Jesus to be the light of the world, so now the Spirit of Jesus sends us out to the world around us. May God unlock the doors of our fears, that we might freely stand among the people of the world, and that we might share the touch of Jesus, and that we might speak His words. Peace be with you. Amen.